This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the old sushi. Oh, the old sushi. Be careful how you use the word old. (laughs) Frank Proctor here with you and Charlie. And uh, golly, it's uh, a bit of cloudy morning, Charlie, out there. I know. They are talking about some rain coming. Well, you know, I think we need it, don't we? We do. Yeah. So can't can't whine about that. The gardens need rain. However, I will be outside in the rain all day tomorrow working. But that's by whatever. the way, I want to give you a little plug there and your spot, the Canadian Tire there at the Silver Lane. Silver uh, Linden. Silver Linden. I'm yes. sorry, Silver Linden. It's near. Anyway. It's like Highway Seven between Young and Bayview. South part of Richmond Hill. That's right. Right. Uh, anyway, you were telling me before the show that you're getting like at least two people a day come up saying, yes. Hiya, Charlie. <laughs> they listen to the show. So big shout out to all you listeners and shoppers. And uh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow in the rain. <laughs> there you go. All righty. Uh, in the Garden Center. That's that's what Charlie is up to. And uh, we're up to getting your phone calls and getting your problems that maybe Charlie can help solve for you. By golly, And if we'll not do... me, then Frank. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, he is the under, under, I under. I am that, under that gardener. indeed. And you've been studying, so oh, you're ready to go. My exams have been a beggar, I'm telling you. Well, but you've been transplanting hostas, you told I, me. That's true. Well, and I didn't so, fib. I didn't okay. fib. Right. Okay. Phone numbers 416-360-0740 and anywhere else in the province, and it's toll free, all right? 1-866-744-740. Please call early, call often. One question per call. I hate to pull you over to the side of the road and give you a ticket. And when you're on the line with uh, Sebastian, if you're a first-time caller, please let him know, and then you'll hear this when you come on the air. Yeah. The welcoming bell. Welcoming. You'll get your garden wings, as it were. Mm -hmm. Funny, um, one of the customers at Canadian Tire a week or so ago said to me, oh, you know, I listened to your show and blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, you know, I have a question. And I said, fine. So she asked her question. Then she goes, Frank's not here. Can I ask another question? (laughs) (laughs) It was very funny. It was like, I suppose. (laughs) Good one. Okay. People, yes, do you want to take advantage of that second question opportunity? absolutely. Got to come and talk in real, real face-to-face. All right, upcoming events. Today, the Applewood Garden Club is holding its annual plant sale from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. in the parking lot at St. Luke's Church, 1513 Dixie Road South in Mississauga, right across from the entrance to the Dixie Value Mall. Tomorrow, Sunday, June the 5th, 
the Greater Toronto Water Garden and Hort Society will hold their plant sale from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Banbury Community Centre, 120 Banbury Road in North York. And for more information, go to their website on washergarden.com. Um, now, you won't be here for this one. Well, we'll get into the fact yes. that you won't be here. But bottom line is Wednesday, June 8th, the Burlington Hort Society General Meeting and Strawberry Social. So always a lot of fun. Mm. Hort societies do have fun. Yep. I mean, it is a social event. It's a learning <clears throat> excuse me, event, but it's often an eating event, too. And I tell you, I've had some of the best home-baked goodies at Hort Society meetings. Well, Strawberry Social sounds pretty good to me. 7.30 p.m. in the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. And, of course, everyone is welcome. And there'll be a draw and a flower show and strawberry shortcake. Uh, okay, this one I haven't mentioned yet, and this is quite a big deal. It's a, it's a, it's considered the best floral design exhibition in Canada. Really, the Triennial Flower Show, hosted by Garden Clubs of Ontario, and this year titled "Art Through the Ages: A Floral Journey." So it's held from the 14th to the 16th of June. <clears throat> Excuse me. So 14th to 16th of June at the Royal Botanical Gardens in Burlington. It's a prestigious flower show that presents the magnificent creations of over 75 Canadian and internationally recognized floral artists. I'll bet that would be stunning. Yeah, so if you're at all into floral design or unbelievable living sculpture, definitely check this out. That's in Hamilton. That is, RBGs, well, Burlington. So the event features workshops, demonstrations, and a live auction. No matter your age or horticultural prowess, this year's Art Through the Ages Floral Show is a wonderful opportunity to be surrounded by beauty, nature, and art. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the entrance to the triennial show is free of charge with admission to the RBG. Event times are June 15th, 10 to 8, June 16th, 10 to 4. And that's, yes, just, oh, so it must be 14th and 15th, though it doesn't actually say that. Uh, 10 to 8, don't start laughing now. And June 16th, 10 to 4. So the auction, they must auction everything off at the end, right? So many times, that's what Can you imagine what you'd be able to walk away with? with That's right. That many people there. Well, yeah, and like serious people. These are not just like stick a few daisies in a a jar kind of (laughs) floral designers like me, right? These people have studied floral design. Uh, All right, one more special one coming up. The Guilford and District Hort Society presents a garden tour and tea in Innisfil on Sunday, June 12th. Tours from 10.30 to 1, ending with tea from 1 to 3, overlooking Lake Simcoe. Sounds very lovely. I say, you see my little pinky finger extended here. It sounds lovely. And I have a little cuppa. Uh, Exactly. The tickets are $15. For more information, call 705 436 5141. All right, Charlie, a good list of all sorts of things going on re-gardening. And we're going to be back to talk to our folks here in just a couple of moments, right here on Zoomer Radio, the garden show from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the garden show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, we're all set to rock and roll here. Um, we've got a full line of folks lined up here. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, let's, it's mm-hmm. the time of year. It is. It is. <laughs> Stuff's already. going on. Let's open the lines and get John on the air from Mississauga. Good morning, John. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, John. Listen, I always hear you, Ed. That, that means that if I don't have no questions... Uh, I don't miss your program. I, I <laughs> know. You. You're a loyal listener, John. <laughs> <I am. laughs> Charlie, I have um, 
well, a problem with my peach tree. Uh-huh. Um, I sprayed, uh, I think, a week ago with, uh, again, which is the second time, with dormant oil lime sulfur. Mm-hmm. Even although, uh, you know, now the flowers, petals are falling and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if that, uh, if that cured it or not. You having a suggestion, please? What's going on? What, what are you seeing? It, it's the peach girl. Uh, you, you know, when, when, the, when the leaves seal up, uh, how do you call it, crumbled or whatever it's called? Well, a bunch of things get peach. You think it's peach scale? Did you say? No, 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 oh. peach kill. Peach kill. You, you know when you know when the leaves, how to call it? Uh, uh, the leaves sort of. Uh, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, they turn black. N- no, they curl. Oh, they curl. Oh, curl. Yeah. yeah oh, peach why, leaf curl. curl right? No, you're right. You're right. There is something called peach leaf curl. It's my Maltese accent. See that? I know. No, no, it's okay. No, there is a, a disease called peach leaf curl. Yes. And uh, you're right. Once you've got it, it's hard to get rid of it. You got Spraying it. twice uh, with oil and lime sulfur can potentially work. I'd be a little careful about using. Um, some of those things on a non-dormant tree. Um, the one of the things I remember, yeah, it's funny, I haven't, I haven't looked at this in a while. Um, I'm just looking it up right now. That's okay. One of the things I remember from before is that you know you've got peach leaf curl in the, see the picture of it? Oh peach leaf gosh, curl yeah. in the spring. So we, uh, if you've got the lime sulfur available, you spray it in the fall, on the leaves and on the branches and bark of the tree okay. in an so effort you, to so try... and spring the fall again. Yeah, that's right, because you want to uh-huh. try and annihilate those spores before winter comes. Uh-huh. Now, the other thing, fungicide sprays. Okay, so I'm... Yeah, I'm just looking at... I'm not sure where I am. I'm at gardeningknowhow.com. So we need a, a Canadian... There are fungicides that for peach leaf curl treatment... Obviously, garden sulfur is the classic, but no fungicide will eliminate a fungus. It will only help control the spread, right? That's always the challenge with fungal diseases. You 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 can't just cure them, but you try and treat the problem from spreading. So new leaves will grow, right? Those leaves will fall off. New leaves will grow. You have to um, practice good garden hygiene so that any of those peach leaf curled leaves that fall to the ground Uh are carefully gathered up and taken off the property. Exactly. Believe me, Charlie, I've done that. I even go on the seven-foot ladder and and take... Try and take each one off, or sometimes shake the shake yeah, the tree. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, now the only point that you made earlier is that you know I have around three gallon of spray. Like uh, I I used it to be honest. I hope I did, didn't do wrong, mm. but I sprayed it on my up. Which this year no fruits anyhow, not like last year. Right. Um, but I sprayed, I sprayed on the other tree. So I, did I do any damage? I hope. I not. don't think so. I, you know, I, it's it's not been as hot this week as it was before, the week before, mm-hmm. which helps. Because you've got to remember, when you're spraying, uh, whether it's a simple soap or an oil or a lime sulfur, and it's really hot, uh-huh. plants do experience some stress with that whole process. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're trying to eliminate a disease or an insect, but the spray 
by virtue of its toxicity, mm-hmm. is very stressful to the plant. So everybody remember, no spraying at high noon to any plants, you know, on a hot day. No, you do your spraying. Seven, believe me, 6 day to 7 o'clock yeah, in the morning. Exactly. So either kind of sunrise or sunset. Yeah, There's nice. typically no wind then, and the temperatures are at their coolest. So, yeah, and just quickly looking at this website that's just a simple gardening com website, it says here that it's, you know, treatment of peach leaf curl is not always effective once the symptoms occur, but it is fairly easy to prevent. Apply a fungicide spray in autumn following leaf fall or just before budding in spring can usually stop peach leaf curl. Well, I, I sprayed it before, yeah. yeah. What, what's that, uh, what's that uh, website again, Charlie, please? Oh, it's just, it's triple W, all one word, gardeningknowhow.com. Uh-huh. Okay, knowhow.com. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I recall, uh, well, in the past, I mean, when I talked to you guys, um, I used Bordeaux, yep. which is organic, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so what is that really for? John, John I'm Bordeaux? sorry. John, I'm okay. sorry to interrupt, but oh, okay, we, okay. we have <laughs> other folks waiting on the line we have to get to, okay? John wants totally, totally details. I he know. wants to get I'm... down to microscopic <laughs> details. Oh, okay. Just so you uh, know, Bordeaux mixture is a fungicide. It's copper sulfate. It was originally invented in Bordeaux, France, for treatment of downy mildew on grapes. So it's a very effective fungicide. Just follow the instructions. From here okay. on in, John, I shall, I shall refer to you as our little Maltese buddy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Hi, John. Thanks, Thanks, John. Yeah, okay. remember John? He's got the bembanellas. That's right. Yeah, yeah, the yeah special yeah. fruit trees mm. from Malta. Uh, let's take one more call here before we take a commercial break, okay? okay. Uh, Wilma. Oh, gosh, Wilma in Holstein. Hi, and good morning. Good morning, morning. everybody. How's Holstein? <laughs> <laughs> it's still on the map. <laughs> we know it. <laughs> um, I was wondering about mulch. Mm. We had some uh, hydro workers trimming trees here, and I got a load of mulch. Mm-hmm. Is it all right to use it just as it is, or do I have to maybe spray the kill bugs or anything like that in the mulch? No, I wouldn't worry about doing any spraying. Yeah, I would use it as is. Uh, remember, you're going to put it around plants two to four inches thick. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have the, the, the bark mulch touch the stems of the plants, okay. but you are going to have it over the surface of the soil to help reduce um, evaporation, so it helps keep the, the soil a little moister, particularly in sunny locations, helps keep the weeds down, mm-hmm. often smells good, looks good, looks very professional when you put mulch on the gardens. <laughs> um, so, my, yeah. My problem always is to get the, the, the weeds out before I That's put the mulch. <laughs> absolutely correct. you got to get those. Well, with rain coming, we'll be in good shape. We can get out tomorrow or Monday morning, pull all those weeds and get the mulch on. Uh, and it's a mixture of hardwood and softwood. That doesn't matter. No, nope, doesn't matter. The softwood, of course, will decompose faster than the hardwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, I put organic mulches, like bark mulches, onto my vegetable garden every year. And I just, well, my husband digs it in in the spring, mm-hmm. and then I just put in put on fresh every spring. Yeah. And it slowly but surely decomposes, adds good organic matter to the soil. Okay. 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 Thank you very much. You're Thanks, very Wilma. Welcome. All righty. Always uh, great to hear from the folks in Holstein, Ontario. I know. We got to go visit there sometime. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. They have the big fair there. Yeah, too, the big Holstein fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll go cut some up. cows or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get get me into a milking mood. All righty. Nine twenty four here as we take a little break on the garden show from Zoomer Radio. 
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here welcoming Pat from Coburg. Hi, Pat. Hello, good Pat. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Um, just a quick question, because mm-hmm. I've been away in May, so I'm just now starting my gardening. Mm-hmm. I want to move a climbing rose to a better location. Is it too late to do that? Uh, how long has it been in the location it's in now? Mm, quite a while. Like 10 years, 20 years? No, no, maybe eight years. Mm, that is quite a while. Um, it, and looking at it right now, is it full green leaf? Uh, yes. And, okay. It's a Joseph's coat, uh-huh. one of those that has three different colors. Nice. I mean, you could potentially move it. Keep in mind that you're going to have to do a lot of cutting back on it to do the move. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not very tall. How tall is it right it now? might be three and a half feet. Yeah. Well, we know when we, when we dig and move something, particularly when it's been in a location for eight years, we are going to be leaving roots behind. There is no way you're going to take all that root with you. So just, uh, you know, common sense says we're leaving behind roots. We're going to have to leave behind some top growth as well. So, uh, and plus it's been unwieldy to start walk, you know, carrying three and a half foot tall climbing roses around yeah. the, the garden. Mm-hmm. So, you know, without being in full leather suits, top to bottom or, you know, yeah. the proper gauntlets, et cetera. So, what, I mean, you could move it. Again, with rain coming, that's all good. If you know where you're moving it to, you can prepare the hole in advance. Make sure you've got some composted manure on hand. Make sure you've got some bone meal or a quick start transplanter type fertilizer on hand Uh, dig as big a root ball as you possibly can if it's not moist make sure that you water thoroughly before digging and then dig the root ball of course when you lift that rose you want the soil and to stay on the roots so uh, sometimes I'll just use an old bed sheet or you know old piece of burlap and you know you dig like a um like a moat around the rose, and then you get down on your hands and knees and you start sending that that fabric down under the root ball if you're worried that the soil is not going to hold together. And, uh, you know, tie it all up in a little ball, lift it up out of the ground, go to the next location, get that bone meal in, get that dropped into place. Of course, unroll the burlap or sheet out, firm soil, firm with your feet and water thoroughly, and cross your fingers, no more fertilizer this year, just the quick start. Oh, okay. Okay. Gee, Charlie, that's exactly what I would have advised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And don't forget, like I said, take, take about a foot off the top, too. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, You're Very Pat. welcome. Thanks for joining us here on The Garden Show. You would have advised that. <laughs> I know. Could you see that, though? Can you see what I was just saying, how to do that? Yeah. Okay, good. You, just, but did you visualize see, that? See, I wish sometimes <laughs> this show were televised so folks could watch your hands as you talk. <laughs> I know. Because if I ever tied your hands behind, you wouldn't, we'd have a dead show. Uh, probably. Really? really? Yeah, just, yeah. Well, yeah. you would just have to fill in. That's you would your... have to answer the question. <laughs> Because I'd be sitting there going, I can't talk, my hands are tied Good up. luck with that, my darling. All <laughs> right, Siva in Toronto, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. Charlie, Good morning. I have a rhododendron that was dug up, and I replanted it. Uh, Every spring, the bulbs come up nicely, but no flower. What could be wrong? Wait a minute, what comes up nicely? The buds? The bulb, the bulb on the rhododendron, and I think I'm going to get the flower. But... Okay, yeah, because those buds, those round buds on mm-hmm. the tip actually form in the fall. Okay. 
Okay. Right? So if you look in the fall, your rhododendron has all its flower buds set in the fall, and then it just sits there all winter, and once it gets warm, those buds should open. Yeah, but mine aren't, so what could be wrong? Well, honestly, it's hard to grow rhododendrons in Toronto. Oh, we're I fighting. See. Oh, really? We're fighting climate and soil. Okay, what type of soil do they need? An acidic? They need a very peat-based acidic soil, which is the exact opposite of what we naturally have here. I see. So, you, you know, if you're doing any transplanting or planting of a rhododendron, make sure you incorporate lots of peat moss, and they need uh, protection from hot. Not hot, so, but extreme sun and extreme wind. I see. So you never plant a rhododendron facing northwest without it being barricaded from the northwest okay. wind and the, the hot west sun. Okay. So a bottom line, move to Vancouver and you can grow the most beautiful <laughs> rhododendrons. I've been here too many years. Yeah, they have the right climate. They've All got right. the milder climate than us. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thanks, You're Eva. Welcome. Nice to have you with us here on a Saturday morning. Though it will be a little cloudy. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, in fact, gee, it looks like it's cleared up a little That's bit. That's right. It's supposed to be fairly sunny today and yeah. then clouding over tonight mm-hmm. in preparation for some rain tomorrow. Yeah. I'm looking at the location of our next caller thinking, holy cow, in about a month's time, hmm. I'm going to be going to my niece's uh, wedding in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. And... Uh, yeah, it's going to be grand. It's, Is it? Yeah, I, I hope the weather's going to be good. So well, if I'm a month away, i got to talk to the weather guy and make sure <laughs> for Sam. Is it an and, outdoor and wedding? Nate. Yeah, it is. Oh. Uh, it's a little darn, it's just outside uh, Kitchener Waterloo, and I can't remember the darn name of it. But I'll, I'll, I'll remember. Yeah, yeah, when you, I have to. When you need to, you'll find I, it. <laughs> you betcha. Hal in Kitchener. Hello, and welcome to the show. Yeah, I want an invite, too. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I like weddings. <laughs> oh, great. Look, anyway, what I don't like is aphids or whatever they are on my lupin. Mm. I go to great measures to go down east every year and bring back seeds from mm-hmm. PEI. Mm-hmm. And I grow the lupins. I love them. Nice. And I don't know what's going on. This is the first year in about seven or eight that I've had these white bugs, very sticky, all over the lupins. And they kill the main stem with the flower on it. Hmm. I mean, the flower doesn't even mature. But anyway, I, I, my question, I guess, is... What causes them? What brings them on, and how do you treat them? <laughs> uh, well, them okay, Tre- treating them, you have two options. Um, there's something out there called Bug Be Gone. Yes, I've got that. And Bug Be Gone it comes in two formulations. One is a soap, yes. a soap spray. The other is a pyrethrin spray. I have the soap one. Yeah, and they're both called Bug Be Gone. Yeah. Uh, so you can use either of those. Again, not on a hot day in the middle of the day. You've got to do this early or late as the sun is rising or setting. And you will, when you're spraying, you must contact all the insects. Their little bodies must be absolutely coated with that soap. See, as soon as you hit them, they drop down to the ground. Mm -hmm. They they fall off the, the limbs. Well, which is fine. I mean, so you're spraying and as they're falling, you know, they're getting sprayed as they're yeah. falling yeah. and uh, they're falling on top of each other. So it's an asphyxiation process. So if their little bodies are covered in soap, they can't breathe. So how the, do I get get them in the first place is what I want to know. Well, I want to prevent that. Of course. Well, I mean, so it's funny. I mean, we had a mild winter. And so for a lot of us, we thought, oh, gosh, mild winter, things are going to be great this year because look at those yeah. two extreme winters we had and the springs worked out pretty good. Okay. But you have to understand that soil, bugs, 
plants. Everything is, is, is a very long process. Nothing is immediate in the natural world. So remember those two extreme winters did cause an awful lot of stress on a lot of our, our ornamental mm-hmm. plants, trees, shrubs, perennials. And maybe killed the aphids, or aphids too. That's right, and slowed down a lot of the, some of the insects. Oh. So, you know, it's, it, it is, it's the circle of life. Cyclical. Yeah, and deal. things do have highs and lows. So there's not much you can do except hope. And keep and do exactly what you're doing, which is stay on top of keeping an eye on what's going on in your garden, yeah. right? Visit that garden. Get out there every day. Notice when well, something's not quite right. I, I play with them every day. I Good. love Lupin. You should. You should. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. But that's the best thing. If, you know, if we all can get out to our gardens, pr- we can be on top of problems before they become huge problems, then we're, we can keep things under control. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your info. You're very right. welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Thanks for calling. <laughs> okay. I know. Oh, yeah. I know. It's like I wish I had you know, the silver bullet or whatever to solve everybody's problem, but it, it is a process, It is right? what it is. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go east a little bit, Charlie. Uh, Bowmanville is our next location. There's Catherine. Hi. Good morning, Catherine. Hi. Good morning. I'm hoping you can help me. For sure. Um, We, last year, we're in a relatively new house with no trees whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And we at least wanted a little bit of green to look at around the fences. Mm -hmm. And we went to one of the big box garden centers Mm -hmm. and bought nine of those typical little cedar bushes that grow up nice and tall. And um, we've lost five. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we did something wrong. No, you didn't. Oh, really? Really. Uh, okay, so here's the scoop. Those nine little typical cedar bushes that you bought. Yeah, they're about four feet tall. You know yeah, they're nine. Yeah, and you pay $25 each for them. Exactly. They, they are called emerald cedars. Yeah. And you and thousands of other people have fallen in love with the idea of those bright green, shiny, cheerful-looking cedars somewhere on their mm. property and buy anywhere from you know, one to 80 at a, at a shopping experience, excursion. Literally, yeah. I had somebody come in and buy 80 of those the other day <laughs> at Canadian Tire. So um, to do just what you... Yeah, yeah. But here's the scoop. Those cedars are born and raised in British Columbia. They, uh, the climate is so perfect for emerald cedars. They grow very quickly and they produce them by the quadrillions and they ship them across the country on, on tractor trailers, also by the quadrillions. So it's not necessarily that you did something wrong. You have to understand that the cedars are on BC time, not Ontario time. Oh, no, like rhododendrons. Yeah, well, no, rhododendrons is more the climate is what kills oh. them. It's, it's a physiological thing that happens with the emeralds, and losing 40% is classic. Everybody loses 40% of the emerald cedars. So... Oh. Here's here's the scoop. Number one, new house probably soil is subsoil or or not good soil. So did you when you planted those cedars get rid of the crummy soil and replace with good soil? No, we didn't do that. Okay, that's number one. Okay. So get rid of the crummy soil, replace with good soil, triple mix, composted manure, you know, organic material, good drainage. All of this is important. So okay. if you're planting cedars uh, or any plant, make sure you're doing that. Get them planted. Use that transplanter fertilizer I referred to with the climbing rose question from Pat in Coburg or bone meal to get the roots growing first. When we plant something, it's all about roots, roots first, top growth second. 
So do that. And, um, and, and then in the case of the emeralds, just pray that you don't lose the traditional 40%. And okay. don't be surprised if you do lose some because the, you, people often do. If okay. you're going to grow emeralds, plant them as early in the spring as you can. Do not plant them in August because okay. sometimes they are available in August, but don't plant them then. Um, and then I guess the only other bit of advice I would say is the other thing is don't plant emerald cedars at all. Plant the native cedars to Ontario, which would be white cedar or black cedar, and you will not have that death problem. Oh, okay. Okay. Good idea. All right. Yeah. I'm willing to try that. And yeah. now, I mean, June, it, we haven't waited too long. We could put some in now? No, I would go ahead because yeah, you probably want to match what you've got. See, that's the thing. You start and you lose a few and then you keep going. Yeah. So, But do, like I said, that soil replacement. Give them, a, give them a good planting hole and good soil and you'll have a much better chance of success. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Catherine. You are listening to The Gardening Show from uh, AM 740, Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin, of course, uh, in the in the chair. And uh, alongside, yours truly, Frank Proctor. And we're going to be back in just a couple of moments to talk to Sam and Catherine and Ruby. Uh, but and I have a couple of na- oh, uh, more announcements, remember? Do, yeah, yeah. Why don't you do that? Well, I'll just uh, do one quickly right now. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't mention that the um, Toronto Botanical Gardens has their annual Through the Garden Gate tour Every year in June, it's typically on Father's Day weekend. So, of course, this year, again, it is June 11th and 12th, which is next weekend. Every year, it's in a different part of Toronto. This year, it's in the Kingsway. There are 18 gardens, and it's a super, super well-organized garden tour. Mm. So if you've never been on a garden tour and you want to just dip your toe into the garden tour waters, this is one I highly recommend. It's, uh, it's just a great opportunity to get into backyards of very established, often incredibly well-designed and well-maintained gardens. These are, all of these are chosen for something unusual. Um, there's master gardeners in every garden often more than one master gardener in every garden. Ask questions of them. That's right. right. And some of these gardens can be very big, and they'll, these gardeners, master gardeners will have, often they'll have the mm-hmm. design there. They'll have all kinds of information on plant yep. identification and plant maintenance tips. So it's, you know, you get good information. They have uh, buses, that shuttle buses that take you from mm-hmm. garden to garden. Uh, it is self-directed, but it's super well organized. And the name of the tour, uh, again, is? Well, it's Through the Garden Gate, tour, but you would go to the torontobotanicalgarden.ca website for more information, and you can buy tickets at the headquarters on site, or you can buy tickets online. Oh, Either great. way, it's a, it's totally worth it. Okay, there you go. Um, lines are open. Uh, in fact, we do have, uh, oh, golly, well, we're just, <laughs> give a try, 416-360-0740, and anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Back in a moment to talk to Sam and Aurelia after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, uh, we have a first-time caller on the line. Nice. Ooh, welcome. Sam, in Aurelia, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Yeah, go ahead. Thank, yes, I understand that there's a proper way of clipping lilacs for a bouquet. You just don't go out and hack away at it. <laughs> well, okay. You're supposed to go down the stem to a certain point in, in order for it to enhance blooming in the future. Next year, you're, there's a, there is a correct way of doing it, I understand. <laughs> well, 
first of all, number one, make sure you've got sharp pruners. No, like the hacking away thing is definitely a good idea. You don't want to do that. Any pruning that you're doing on any plant should be done with very sharp tools. Right. Should never be done when it's raining. So we do all our pruning when, on a dry day. And the, the, the trick is look at this, the branch. You're looking at this beautiful flower and then follow the branch or stem down below the flower. And where you're going to re- cut or remove that that lovely flowering frond is you have to say to yourself, okay, where's the next new growth going to come from? And so that's the challenge because you want the growth to be to the outside of the shrub, not to the inside where it's all going to get tangled up and create all kinds of issues growing into the, into the middle. You want it to grow to the outside. So you're going to go down to an outward facing bud. You're going to cut with a slight slant uh, just so that water and dew, et cetera, doesn't sit on that flat cut. It's slightly slanted. and uh, There's a bud down. Is there a new bud coming on the vine? Yep. There's always buds. Well, you can see leaves, and at wherever there's a leaf, believe it or not, there's a dormant bud under, like right at the axle or the crotch between the leaf and the branch. Yes. So where you cut, where you make your cut, that dormant bud will now grow out and become another branch. Okay. Okay. So just sort of visualize that as you're pruning. And for those of us who are, our lilacs have finished blooming, because of course yours are just in bloom in Aurelia, but here in Toronto they're done. Everybody's got to remember to deadhead their lilacs. Get out there and cut, uh, just cut out the dead flowers. Otherwise you're setting seed, which is completely unnecessary, uh, and, and affecting next year's flowers as well. Okay. That was my next question. Hmm. Once the flower has stopped blooming, you go out and prune that old blossom off. That's yeah. right. That's right. Exactly. As soon as it's finished, as soon as it's, the flowers are a little bit crispy, uh, just prune out the flowers. And you do it exactly the same way as you're going to cut it for a, a bouquet. Not necessarily. You just remove the flower. You can, If that's what you want, the if the shrub is still quite young, the lilac is young, it's not requiring a lot of pruning. But if you need to do any pruning to your lilac in terms of shape or size... That's what you do. You do that at the same time as when you're removing the dead flowers. I see. Okay. Thanks a lot, Sam. Oh. Thank you very much. All right. First time caller, pretty sneaky. I, How many questions did he get in there? He just kind of zinged in there. And <laughs> before I could get off my motorcycle, he was uh, the, no. the way to the races. You were still trying to get out those aviator shades off your First face. First time callers we're, we're gentle with, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's true. Now, we're going to take a, a wee smidge of a break. But before we do, you have another a little note that you want to pass along. Well, Charlie. I just wanted to let everybody know that next week you are not going to be here. Yeah, that's right. You, you're off on holiday to Ireland. Yes, indeed, I and am. And we'll miss, we'll miss you, of course, but I don't want to sit here all by myself. I no. mean, really, that would just not be fun at all. So I have a special guest joining yep. me. His name is David Hobson. Many of our listeners will know him. He's from the Waterloo area, and he's a well-known columnist and mm-hmm. garden humorist and garden speaker, and he's written a couple Gee, of I hope he's not books. too good. I want to come back to a job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, he, you know, he's, he does have a garden humor website. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the weekly garden columnist for the record, um, Waterloo Region, and the Guelph Mercury, which, of course, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, 
he he does all kinds of garden tours. The two books he's written on are humorous garden stories. One is called Soiled Reputations, uh-huh. and the other is called Diary of a Mad Gardener. So he is fun, and he will be making the trek from Waterloo into Toronto next Saturday to join me here. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having him here, and uh, we'll just chat and well, I answer. know you'll we'll do our usual answer questions, but yeah. you know he, he'll. Bring a whole new flavor to the show. Exactly. So definitely, like I said, looking forward to that, and I hope everybody will listen in. Great. Uh, thanks for uh, the cover, too, by the way. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Let's welcome from Waterloo, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Morning. Hello, good morning. Yes, I believe... Uh, my magnolia tree is dying. Okay, why? Well, last year I noticed that the the, the limbs were turning black, mm-hmm. and it's still the same way today. Okay, it's not as full. The leaves, uh, you know, the leaves aren't as full. The flowers, you know, very few. Yeah, are there any leaves on it? Yeah, there are leaves. It, it seems like towards the top. Of the tree. Okay, so <clears throat> if you look closely here, I'm just going to show some images to Frank. You have, you likely have an insect on that tree, that magnolia tree that is called scale. So S C A L E, magnolia scale, very specific to magnolia. There's many kinds of scale. All of them are only attack a specific species. So when you say it looks black. Um, I'm just showing the black sooty mold that grows because what scale does, scale, it's pretty small. Uh, it's like imagine um, an oyster shell, and, but, but the size of the like sort of how big, a quarter of an inch, an eighth of an inch in size. So under that little shell is an insect with piercing mouth parts that gets onto not only the bark but also the leaves of magnolia, pierces the bark and the leaves with its mouth parts, um, ingests the, the nectar or secretions that come out of the tree, and then moves along very slowly, like a scale in its entire life, you know, travels about four inches. So, um, but as they move around, they've left behind all these little holes, and of course, what comes out, but some of the liquid from inside the tree. So that liquid is full of sugars and, and all mm-hmm. kinds of carbohydrates, and mildew starts growing on the, the nectar. Uh, so that's where the black sooty mold comes from. So as soon as you see that black, you suspect, oh my gosh, I've got a fungal disease. But why do I have a fungal disease? Because I have an insect infestation. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So last year, I, I, I noticed all these wasps. Mm, yep. Same thing. They're know, coming. Fl- yep. You're yep. bursting around and then suddenly just dropping. Oh, I don't know why they were dropping, but the... And I looked, and yeah, they, yeah. they seem to be dead. <laughs> yeah, well, they were attracted to the nectar, so, you know, that's, that's part of it as well. So, I'm just trying to double-check here, because every scale uh, has a different life cycle in terms of when we try to control it. So, y- you could spray all you want, but if you spray at the wrong time, you'll have absolutely no impact whatsoever, because that scale has that shell protecting it. Okay. <clears throat> the only time you can kill scale is when new nymphs or babies are born, and they don't have the 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 coverage yet. The uh, the the 
you know, the little helmet over there. Well, yeah, helmet yeah. or, yeah, it's like, it is like, it's called scale. So, uh, scale populations, they cause sap to drip. Okay, population cross, well, definitely remember the trees, if they're stressed, they're more likely to end up with insect infestations. Many of the magnolias in Toronto are stressed, so many of the magnolias, and you're in Waterloo, but anywhere in the urban environment are tending to get uh, this horrible scale. So, you, what you're going to use is horticultural soap, so bug be gone. Um, so, okay, I'm just going to read. We can apply horticultural soaps and oils two to four times per year in an effort to control the population to a point where the insect is not harming the tree. However, even with control, there will still be active scale populations on the tree that will still cause sap to drip and attract wasps, etc., so the insect is protected by that hard shell I mentioned, and the pesticide will not penetrate the shell. So the only time to spray is in the spring or late summer, fall, early fall, when the new crawlers, the young babies, are mobile. Uh, those insects can be killed because they don't have their little hard shells uh, grown yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's horticultural soap. Yep. Uh, uh, or oil. Bug be gone. Bug be gone is soap. And horticultural oil is something you will find on the shelf of any good garden center or probably even most of the big box stores. Rarely do you see horticultural oil all by itself. It'll usually be in a box, and the box will say on it, dormant kit. And inside the box is two bottles. One is horticultural oil. The other is lime sulfur. Okay? But read, read, read all those instructions. You don't just use oil without making sure you're doing it the right way, the right time of day, mm-hmm. right mix with water. Okay? Okay. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you so much. Rightio. We have to push along because there's one final caller, and I'm glad to get her on the air because Ruby from Hamilton is a first-time caller. Oh, Hello. welcome. Did, oh, did she drop off the line? Oh, son of a gun. Okay. We'll uh, go then. Uxbridge. To Uxbridge. And Bill is there. Hi, Bill. Oh. Morning. Good morning. I have a question about lilies. Uh huh. They're being chewed. Yep. And it's a bug. I think it's a first cousin to a ladybug. No, it's not. It is bright red, though. Yep. It, it's called the lily leaf beetle. Uh, yeah, and they chew. We've talked about this insect on the show before. This is the one that, uh, when it's a beetle, it's bright red. When it's a larva or a little caterpillar, mm-hmm. it's just sort of an ugly brown. But it covers its ugly brown body in its own excrement, so the birds don't see it as an insect, and you don't even see it as an insect. It's just a blob of looks like bird poop, but really it's not. It's underneath there is that horrible larva chewing up the leaves and the flowers, the buds on your lilies. You have to get out there and pick. Pick and squish. That's that's what you got to do. Okay. I recommend laying some newspaper or something down if you can at the base of the lilies because as soon as you pick one, the 20 will drop to the ground and it's much easier if you've got if you have them drop onto a sheet or a piece of newspaper then you've got you, you catch the one you picked plus you get the 20 that dropped. Oh. Okay. Uh, so there's no spray. No. Spray on. There's no spray that's going to work. Okay. Uh, you can spray all you want, but you won't do any good. <laughs> okay. So thanks so much, Bill. Okay. And thank you. Appreciate your call. Absolutely. And, Boy, um, we've had a ton of uh, calls this morning and uh, lots of great explanations, Charlie. Uh, really, honestly, uh, pat on the back to you. Thank you. You make everything so 
sound is so simple, you know. <laughs> I know it's not always. Well, so. you know what? And a lot of these callers have been great callers because they're they're saying, I have a problem, and they're telling me what they're exactly seeing. Exactly what it is, yeah. And then that helps me say, ah, but so you have this. And that's where uh, then I can help them with the steps. Exactly. So it's, you know, uh, observation is so important. Visiting your garden is so important, and that's where you're making the observations. Yeah. If you can't recognize what the problem is, at least you're observing that there is a problem. Then you can call in the expertise of someone like myself, and then it's just a matter of reading the instructions, reading, 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 reading. She says it again, the instructions. And following of, them. And, yeah. yeah, reading and following the instructions on anything, any treatment yeah. that is recommended, whether it's a fertilizer or an insecticide or a herbicide or a fungicide. All righty. Hey, the last time I'll have my uh, little rear end in this chair will Are, be so July 2nd. So you packed and you got your passport ready? Not quite. Ready I and can, yeah, the passport's ready and your all that Your euros in hand yeah. Yeah. I'm and, so jealous. Uh, You're going gonna... with, well, uh, one of our favorite sponsors, Trafalgar Tourism, mm. taking one of their tours, and it is just going to be, fa- I'll tell you all about oh, it. Oh, of course you will. Yeah. You'll tell us. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks so much. Have a great time. Thanks, Sebastian, and thanks to all our great callers. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.